In this episode, I'm joined by eight-figure seller Scott Needham, who is the co-founder of Buyboxer, which has the largest assortment of SKUs on Amazon FBA. His company did over $65 million in sales last year alone. In this podcast, we talk about using tools and data to grow your business, as well as the importance of using coupons to drive click-through and conversions. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everybody. What is going on? Welcome to episode number 136 of the Private Labeler Show. I am your wonderful host, Nick Landowski, and thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your busy day to join us here for yet another amazing episode I am super pumped about this one, and you guys should be as well. But hopefully you guys are having a fantastic day, and thank you for all the love and the support the podcast has been getting. It truly means the world to me, so reviews, comments, emails, things like that, keep that up, keeps me going. And guys, in just a few moments, I am going to be joined by Scott Needham of Buyboxer, as I mentioned in the pre-roll. Scott is an eight-figure seller that manages tens of thousands of SKUs on Amazon FBA. So big time here. And he's been in the game for many years. So I'm really excited to get to the conversation that Scott and I had. And uh, make sure that you stay tuned for this one because Scott's going to talk about a lot of different things. He's going to talk about coupons, reimbursements, and just kind of the state of Amazon. And he's also going to reveal kind of an emerging product category that sellers may want to consider getting into, okay? So super excited about that. I'm going to play that interview in just a moment here. But before we get started, I figured it was time once again to do yet another Jungle Scout giveaway contest. So a few months back, we did this for the first time where I gave away a license to the Jungle Scout Chrome uh, extension to one lucky listener slash subscriber. Had a lot of fun with it, and I figured let's do it again. Let's kind of keep this ongoing. Again, it's just a way for me to show my appreciation for for you guys out there for supporting the podcast. So we'll do the same thing that we did last time. Same exact uh, setup and same exact rules. So all you got to do to get entered to win the Jungle Scout Chrome extension license is the following. You just got to find my YouTube channel. So find the Private Labeler Show podcast YouTube channel or just use the link and simply subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, and then on this video upload, so all the podcast uh, episodes are uploaded to YouTube, okay, just like an audio version, all you got to do is like the video and then simply in the comments section state or say, I want Jungle Scout, okay, I want Jungle Scout. Now, if you put some variation of that or you have put some extra stuff in there and have a little bit of fun with it, that's totally cool. I know last time you guys kind of went uh, went crazy with it and that was a lot of fun. But at minimum, say, I want Jungle Scout. And if you do those things that I just mentioned, you will be entered in to win a license to the Jungle Scout Chrome extension. Okay, so let's have some fun with this. And I'll kind of mention this a few times on probably the next few episodes. We'll keep this running for a few weeks or so. And then at that time, when I determine the time is right, I will pick a winner. And uh, boom, the winner is going to get a free license to the Jungle Scout Chrome extension. So what's not the love, right? So let's have some fun. And again, I just wanted to show my appreciation to you guys as loyal listeners and subscribers. So enough about that. 
Let's get into the conversation now with Scott Needham. And again, for any links, uh, make sure you check out the show notes as usual. And you can find those at privatelabelershow.com forward slash 136. And stay tuned after our conversation because I am going to recap the interview and give you the three or four main key takeaways or key points that you guys can use and hopefully um, take action on in your businesses. So without further ado, let's get after it. Hey, everybody, please welcome Mr. Scott Needham to the show. Thanks for uh, spending a few moments of your busy day with us today, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nick, thank you. Uh, yeah, glad to be here and uh, glad to talk all things Amazon. Yes, looking forward to it, looking forward to it. So, Scott, for everybody that doesn't know exactly who you are, you mind kind of giving us your uh, commercial, a little bit about your bio, um, how, how you kind of got <laughs> wrapped up into this crazy Amazon world and e-commerce and all this and that. Sure. Yeah, I um, am the founder and the CTO of uh, Buyboxer. We started about seven or eight years ago into wholesale, and I came in and just like started developing software. That was my background, and I work with a brother, and we just kind of grew. And um, you know, back when some of the FBA fees were a little bit smaller than they are now. So, um, uh, but you know, those first few years we had a, a good time of growing, and now we have about 150 employees, and it's helped us to you know to diversify a little bit so we're not just wholesale that we also uh manage brands and uh and help you know launch products as well and I'm, I'm, my job is really just to like uh build technology for all of this and then if that wasn't enough we also uh launched another uh, side business uh where we uh audit um amazon's damages and then like we you know go for reimbursements Many people probably have seen these types of services, you know, refunds managers, one such service. We used them and they weren't doing enough for us. And so we built our own. And then uh, with that technology, you know, have uh, launched another, another Amazon services business. So Gotcha. That. Yeah. And we'll talk about the, that in, uh, in just a few minutes here. Um, so I don't know the exact figures. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm certain, certain that you do, but like how many uh, total SKUs or products are you overseeing right now with Buybox or roughly? Okay, yeah, that's a very large number. We have right now under our seller account name uh, uh, about 75,000 ASINs in Amazon Prime. Um, and, you know, that actually wrote, that can fluctuate 20,000 here or there. Um, that will kind of, the reason it's so high is like because of our software driven approach, which like find long tail opportunities. And uh, I mean, a lot of times I wish it was a lot smaller and we could just focus on, you know, some heroes here and there, but uh, we, we, we really uh, cast our net wide and Okay. So give ourselves, we get, we get a lot of headaches because of that, but um, also a lot of strengths, you know, you, you can expose, you can get a lot of traction. And, and how long did you say you're involved in the Amazon game? I might've missed that. I'm sorry. Was that? Uh, um, so I, buy boxers first year was 2011. Okay. So you've been uh, around a uh, while. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like to ask, questions uh pertaining to just like people that have been in the game and kind of seen the amazon platform kind of grow and you kind of 
just mentioned there that the fees were a little bit smaller when you, maybe you first got started uh, with BuyBoxer yeah. and things like that. But based on kind of your experiences, like where do you see Amazon heading in the next few years? Obviously, they've had unprecedented growth over the past you know, five or 10 years. And it, to my knowledge, it doesn't really look to be slowing down. It just kind of just gets bigger and bigger. But Scott, like what's your, I guess, general consensus on where things are going with Amazon right now? Well, I mean, I, that's a, a, an open-ended question that I, I mean, I love where Amazon's going. I just had a phone call yesterday with uh, some people that do like the live streams with Amazon, which is kind of like a QVC. And I was just like impressed about you know, Amazon is still like shaking things up. And uh, so in terms of like how the, the commerce on the site goes, I, I don't see it going anywhere. The advantages that they have built are only growing. Their fulfillment network is just like just unmatched out there. And until like a Walmart or a Shopify are willing to spend, you know, they announced that they're spend a billion dollars. Like, until they're about to spend $10 billion, I don't see them rivaling uh, rivaling uh, them super well. So, I, I mean, I see like Amazon as a player very much in the future and they're only going to get stronger. Now, how are some of those like trends? And everyone talks about how, you know, vendor central is, is uh, winding down a little bit, that some of the smaller uh, relationships that weren't profitable for Amazon, they're, they're, they're ending those. And so that's, you've seen actually a bigger push into seller, into seller central where, uh, uh, brands are taking themselves. You know, we've been doing wholesale for forever, and at the beginning, no one really had a strategy of of how to sell on Amazon. But now we approach brands, and they all have strategies. They know what they're doing, and more and more, you see people uh, that say they uh, have a, a traditional brick and mortar presence. You say they're a toy company, but like now they know what they want to do on Amazon, and they're launching their own seller account. Uh, to have as much control. And so you, you see uh, more attention from brands uh, themselves. And so the, in some ways, that does make it feel like our wholesale business is shrinking. And we've, been, uh, we've acknowledged that, like we know that. And so that's why we've tried to pivot away from just being wholesale and into uh, you know, uh, building relationships with, with brands and helping them grow on Amazon. Gotcha. And, you know, I, I'm sure you hear the question often. I, I hear it often, um, you know, businesses and brands, whether that be just it's kind of some local mom and pop shops, uh, maybe looking to expand on Amazon or just kind of just some micro niche brands and things like that, all the way up to, you know, large recognizable companies. You know, they've obviously migrated to Amazon just because of the amazing potential. But like, what, what would you say to people that are kind of, uh, they're not on Amazon yet, and they're kind of thinking that they maybe missed the boat. And that's an often, you know, that's kind of a, a, a conversation that comes up often. People say, hey, did I miss the wave? Is it too late for sellers and businesses to get started? I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's never too late. But like, kind of what are your opinions on that? Like, is it still a perfect time? Well, if you, if, right. If you were just to take it by the numbers, um, uh, Amazon reported that there were 50,000 sellers that did more than a half a million uh, last year in 2018. And um, if you break that down in, by day, even if you go back five years, that means about every day a few people are starting new businesses that become significant. I would say a half a million, that's when like, you, know, you hit a threshold of like, this is a business. And you know, this is a full-time job of someone, and it can uh, you know, easily uh, pay for a salary or two. 
And so every day people are launching things. It's, 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 it's kind of asking yourself this other question, like, are there products that you're, that are going to be launched in the future that you're going to buy? And I'd say the answer is yes. Like there is still a lot of uh, diversification in, in, in most categories. You may feel some areas are tapped out, uh, but if I still see just as many new opportunities as I see opportunities start closing up. So, yeah, let's let's talk about that. So, obviously, you you are very data driven. Um, you kind of get into the weeds on a lot of different things. You manage and oversee you know thousands and thousands of of listing SKUs, things like that. Um, kind of in your opinion, based on what you're seeing out there, uh, are there any specific categories that you see that might have like big opportunities for growth, like over the next, you know, six to 18 months or anything like that? Um, yeah, definitely. I recently have been like really intrigued by grocery where uh, drinks in grocery are probably harder to do just because of uh, size and uh uh, wait, but like one thing about grocery is you could almost think of it as like a subscription. There's few products that will have repeat buys quite like grocery can. So if, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, a company that does like ketchup and jams and, uh, what's awesome is once you get some position in uh, some of these categories, you, I mean, people are going to be a repeat buyer. So I, I think grocery's potential is still not uh, met yet. And um, that said, it's still, there still are niches that are going to be competitive. It's just uh, if you have a great product, um, I think it's a, a great category. Um, and, you know, there are still like trends that happen outside of Amazon that like start to get reflected on Amazon. One of them that I saw more recently was pickleball. Uh, and I've seen like it go from like one person selling a pickleball paddle to like 10. And so now you should ask your question, the question of like, what's the next pickleball? Um, it's a sport that's grown, but there are other sports that are growing as well that uh, definitely do not have enough gear. I'm a, I'm a cyclist and I don't find all the, the biking gear that I want on Amazon. So clearly that's an opportunity there. Um, that's funny you say. Uh, that's funny you say pickleball. I just had a friend of mine uh, maybe a few weeks ago that was raving about pickleball and how much he loves it. And we got to start playing it and this and that. And I'm like, I never even heard of it. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of just yeah. funny how you know it's, it's. I don't know if you you said it's it's caught on or it's already catching on. And I'm sure there's other you know trending opportunities out there when it comes to just things like that, right? I bring up pickleball also because my my cousin is a private labeler and he ended up quitting his job because. Uh, of how successful his uh, private label was going nice. with that. So, you know, he, he was smart and worked hard and saw a trend coming and, and, and saw an opportunity. And uh, I, I don't see that ending. I don't see uh, people and, uh, uh, finding, you know, a new niche or a new way into a niche to, uh, uh, to start their own business. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I guess on the flip side of things, um, are there any categories that might be kind of, 
I don't know, sort of like waning at this point, maybe just reduced margins for one reason or another, or just, you know, reduced demand, uh, things in your catalog that you've seen that you're like, ah, you know, maybe that was profitable for us uh, a few years ago, but it's mm-hmm. not really worth the effort, the time and the energy to find and source and launch and, and just manage products anymore in this, in these particular categories. Is there any, is there anything that jumps out at you is like, yeah, that's kind of seen its day. So, um, we had a really, this, this product still is really good. Uh, it was a, uh, Butterbell, uh, you know, kind of a house, a kitchen thing that you put butter in. Um, awesome product, but like when we got traction, you know, some Chinese sellers came in, uh, with a, with a similar offering and, you know, they're very competitive and they're actually getting better. They're, they're really good when you don't know that they're a Chinese seller. You know, they have good copy and uh, they're, they're learning the game. And so um, I wouldn't say that, like, you know, you can build something and it's defensible into the infinite future because uh, you can you can get competition and they, they can be ruthless in, like, you know, going down to the bottom price. And um, what we... Ha- uh, what uh, this Butterbell, we diversified a little bit in being a more ornate and higher end Butterbell versus the Chinese like simplified, less style uh, version. Um, and so you're just trying to pre- it, it, the, the the premium feel. That's what you're going for to kind of capitalize yeah, off, yeah. Of, off and, of that market. Absolutely, and uh, so. It, you know, Amazon is war. It is like there are uh, uh, people out there that are just as hungry as you. And and it takes, you know, a lot of effort and creativity to keep going at it. I mean, every everything uh, that you do increases your position. And, you know, every uh, improvement to a product page, you know, improvement to an image, can uh, do it and like and to me it's like it does ultimately represent a fair amount of work um and so that's why i kind of i reference it towards like like, the more work i put into this like the the better i'm positioned and but i mean some people thrive in that environment and ultimately like i wouldn't trade it for anything the the uh, the chance of uh i think fba is just the dream you know Mm -hmm. um where you know you have a product and then you know come before you know uh the weeks before christmas like your work is kind of done and you know your inventory is in sba and like you could you could go on vacation so there's that's a that's that's what i like about the the business model is um it you do need to work hard but just as easily you can like you can uh take a step back and uh you know some of the systems that say yeah you have put into place in some of your products can actually shine without your constant uh, uh, attention. Yeah, it, it's it's relatively passive after a certain point, you know, of yes. all the initial hard work and you 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 know, I, I my products and things like that. It's like you put all the blood, sweat, and tears into it. And I agree, you get to a point where it's like you kind of did the work already, and you're just kind of massage things and manage things. And then you do need to course correct and adjust as competition floats in and out. But yeah, I agree. You know, Amazon handles the pick, pack, and ship, and basic customer service, obviously. And and uh, it's our job just to kind of get all that set up and just let the organic yeah. the organic flow and the organic search ranks and uh, traffic hit. And then, you know, we can 
go chill out for a while after uh, Q4 and, and, and enjoy all the work that we put in. So, yeah, I, I like how you put that, you know, like it should be like a motivating, like, yes, this is an opportunity that uh, is exists now and it didn't 10 years ago, but also be aware that like, you know, it's still a job. I mean, it's still uh, work, but if it's fun, then, and, and it, it could be empowering in the same way, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so I, w- I want to get into like, uh, product criteria and selection. Cause obviously you're a data driven guy, you, you, you know, you create software and I'm sure you're analytical and looking at certain things when it comes to the product selection phase in terms of like, what products do we want to spend our time focusing in on? Um, and I guess what are the basic criteria, Scott, that, that you would look at or continue to look at in terms of like deciding whether or not to invest the time and the energy into, into specific products? Like what, what are the main key points. I mean, obviously, you know, bottom line profit and things like that, but what are some other uh, data checkpoints, I guess you could say that, uh, that you pay particular attention to? Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to like uh, create a market out of nothing. So you kind of, there, there has to be demand for it. You know, someone could create a beautiful product and like, and like uh, explain its use case and like, yeah, that makes sense but it doesn't mean people are searching for it and like, there's a demand. So it does help, you know, you should always do some uh, competition research and like look at the number of reviews or their sales rank and then you get an idea like of what a demand is. Um, but on the flip side, like, you know, I, we do go into data, like, you know, analyzing that, but also like you can't uh, take out some of the human element. Um, this is something that I keep, you know, fighting back and forth of like, you know, how much do we rely on data and how much do we like trying to put ourselves in the mindset of the customer or, or the shopper? Because I think you do have to do a little bit of both. Um, like the product, ha- you know, it should be attractive and like a market fit of like what people are looking for. You should be able to take someone that doesn't know you um, and like and 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 can honestly say whether like they want to buy that or not like if 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 they would for that price point, and to assume that um, I mean I, I say that they know you because like sometimes your your friends and family will will not always tell you what they're thinking, they'll uh, be friendly, but um, so I you know when we, when we look at a product we 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 actually so we we actually work with brands and we kind of get a DNA of them and what they, what their vision is, what their selection of products that they have. Uh, we have uh, one uh, toy company. He does a lot of like, you know, uh, balance boards and like things with wood. And we got a feel of his entire catalog. And then when we, we, we liked it and we saw like a fit, we started pushing it and making their product pages, like just look better. And, and sure enough, a few of those products we were really surprised about like they 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 sung really well so um i do recommend using jungle scout or keepa to uh, analyze you know uh volumes here and there but at, at the end of the day like you got to be an entrepreneur and like kind of uh put your steve jobs hat on and like think what does the uh what does the the customer actually want yeah, I agree. And I was really kind of on that point the past few days myself, just thinking about, uh, I think I was even posting something in my Facebook group about that, that data will take you far in this business. It's a very data driven um, type of business. Obviously, we have fantastic tools to help us with that. But data doesn't always show us the full picture. You do need to put that you know, entrepreneur cap on and evaluate marketplaces. 
and really determine what that customer truly wants. Sometimes you can't, you know, have a Chrome extension tell you all that information. You need to use your eyes and a little bit of, uh, you know, thought process and kind of, you know, diving into listings and reviews and doing some uh, behind the scenes research to truly understand what the marketplace is kind of clamoring for. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the data will get you to that point and help you determine some of these markets as far as, the, you know, demand and all these other things. There's so many data points now on some of these tools. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But um, you, you mentioned Keepa. I know you're a big fan of it. Um, like, what are you using that for specifically in your business? I guess I'm curious. Well, um, uh, I could talk a long time about Keepa, <laughs> uh, partly because they have an API. I didn't even know they had an API for like a few months. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, they just give this information that you do have to pay for it. Um, but it's, uh, I use the Amazon's MWS API. That's what they give for all sellers, but, but Keepa just has more data. And I've actually found it slightly more reliable in some instances of like what is showing live on a product page. We use it a lot <clears throat> for reports to like show like progress, like, Hey, this had five reviews now has 25 reviews. So you can like kind of build tools off of it. We use it to analyze brands in their entirety. So like our wholesale uh, part will like, we, we've actually created a map of Amazon of like, okay, you know, in this category in, in the beauty, you know, we've got uh, this brand uh, has 30 products that are in the top 100,000 and all of them, they, and then we analyze what types of sellers are they using? Are they Amazon retail or the FBA sellers? Are they selling themselves? And um, it's actually not very hard if you have access to this API to kind of build that map. Um, we, we use it uh, to identify um, if we have unauthorized sellers on a brand, um, which ones are the, because it, it gives you like the full picture of offers. Mm-hmm. And we use it to uh, figure out which of the unauthorized sellers are actually the ones that we want to, you know, worry about. You're like, hey, who's actually stealing uh, market share here, um, and th- those are just a few things. I use the, the extension as well. The extension kind of like tells a story of a product. We do a lot of Halloween, um, and I mean everyone does a little bit of Christmas because it's just so great. But like for Halloween, like you can see the story of of a Halloween product of like what happens when someone runs out of stock or what happens uh, when. You know, how can you price, like if people price things higher, you, you just see the full picture. And, 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 I, and I, I love just like looking at that. It's kind of, uh, uh, they, they're, they're extension is just data visualized. And uh, I think, you know, even, and I use it in, in private label plenty by looking at a competitor and like being like, okay, how did they get their reviews? Did they just like blow up all of a sudden? Or is it a slow burn? And, um, and you see both. And if uh, that kind of tells you how you want to launch, uh, if you want to like be more aggressive at the beginning or, or, or go, for, go for a more organic, um, it, it is interesting to see what the competition has done. And Keepa with their historical data uh, shows that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, obviously they have the extension and otherwise it's like a subscription model for pay for the, uh, the, the source data, right? Like that's kind of how it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some, some of the, some of the extension part is free and only recently, I think one part of the Chrome extension, they, they have you pay for it to see the sales rank over time. Gotcha. But um, yeah. 
Yeah. So um, transition slightly here. I know I was listening to one of your podcast episodes, which, which we can talk about a little bit later, but um, you were talking about coupons and I, I'm very, very big on coupons. I've, I've been a huge fan since day one. I've seen the results on my own products in terms of uh-huh. just click through rate and conversions and you know yep. I'm team I'm team coupons all the way and I, I think that you are as well. Yeah. Do you mind kind of just I, I telling the audience? That. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm assuming if you're such a can I ask have you explained a lot of it to your audience already? I think initially I was saying, hey guys, get on this. And then I've kind of done follow up saying, hey, the results are in. Okay. And uh, you know, it's not like it's a daily thing where I'm talking about it, but Right. I, just, I just had a guest on fairly recently as well. We we're talking about coupon pricing strategies and things like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all so, in on it. So think about, um, I actually had an Amazon employee break it down to me this way. And like, it actually changed the way I thought about marketing is um, there's three stages of marketing on Amazon. There's a discoverability, you know, it's like uh, search terms, like whether how people find your product. And then the second is like click through and the third is conversion. Um, sponsored products is only a discoverability tool and only that's all it does. It doesn't, uh, doesn't increase people's uh, likelihood of clicking on that product page or their, the percentage that they will convert. Um, so if you put uh, sponsored products on the left, on, on the first side, it's, it's just that coupons are actually a click through and a conversion tool in that, that badge that you see on a product page. I mean, thinking of mobile, you have such little space. The fact that you get this little green badge that says $1 off, mm-hmm. gra- it grabs eyeballs. And so that's why it's a click-through tool. And then on top of that, it's a conversion tool, especially because you actually have to click the coupon. And that kind of like creates this uh, feeling of like, you're feeling the value that you get. Yeah, it's you like want. you're at a cash register. That you're at a cash register and you just pull out your coupon. And when you pull out your coupon at a cash register, you're not about to walk away. You're like, I got this deal. You're probably the most least likely to walk away. And so, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, throwing on a minimum coupon, you know, the minimum value being 5% uh, at least, or uh, we usually try for a dollar value, um, is kind of a, a no-brainer if you want, you know, to decrease the amount of people that are walking away from your product. And so what, another great thing about coupons is it's actually really easy to test. You know, you said that you created some test data. I feel that uh, coupons, it's easier to create a silo of like, okay, this week we have a coupon, this week we don't. And whereas sponsored products like week over week, things can change. You know, your competitors can change how they spend money. So you don't feel like you have as much control over something. And so I, I think everyone should like at some point of their marketing budget, uh, figure out how they want coupons to be in. And this Amazon employee uh, that taught me, told me about it, he said that he thinks, you know, 25% to 50% of someone's marketing should be in, you know, coupons or deals and, and not just, you know, a discoverability tool like sponsor products. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, I've, I've made it fairly well known to the audience out there, but uh, coupons are a really big deal. Do you, do you kind of know off maybe off the top of your head, any of the metrics that uh, you have seen is maybe with increasing conversions sure. on certain products or anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, well, so, so just for our wholesale business, we threw on coupons on our, on all of our scale inventory. It's probably like 5,000 ASINs. 
and their sales uh, actually they doubled. Wow! And um, it, granted, this is like long tail, uh, so stuff that was actually we were having a hard time getting clicks and conversions. It, it, it doubled it for this section. I think every ASIN is different, and that's why you kind of have to take your you you, know, you you can't just be a data person. I mean, you know that like this will increase it, but um, there's no guarantee, you know, which coupon's going to work for which product. So I would, you know, always say like, you know, use your judgment and like, and uh, get get some, uh, get, you know, develop some intuition around this. Um, but so our our sales increased double. But also, you know, what's what's funny and also sad at the same time is that only like, you know, thirty to forty percent of people actually click to use the coupon. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> and and so you know your return on ad spend is uh is is definitely a little bit better than than you would think. Yeah, yeah, I always just find that fascinating that never, not everybody actually fully applies it and and whatnot and uses it, but it is what it is, I guess it's just part of the deal. But yeah, I'll take that, I guess. Um so obviously, yeah, you could use that. You said you use that on like kind of slow moving long tail ASINs that were just kind of sitting there. And you just were able to kind of purge through and blow through uh, maybe some stale inventory. So I think that that's a great, uh, great point right there. If anybody has any inventory that's kind of just not, not moving like you thought, throw some coupons on it. Or I don't know if you have any experience with this yet. I'm actually doing one right now. Um, Amazon's really been experimenting with their deals site. Um, it obviously started off with just lightning deals, but it's kind of morphed into all these other types of deals that we can run. And I think one of the I forget what it's called, but I'm actually running just some sort of a a deal that they have. They've, they've had a, it's like a they've had a few deal. names for it. They've had yeah. a few names for it. I think they've called it a gold box deal. They've called it the best deal. Yeah. Um, this was actually a deal that was for a while only available through the uh, the marketplace growth program. Um, so if you had an account manager, you can you could run these. We did some in June. And it looks like they're uh, launching it for everyone, which is great. Uh, and yeah, the, it, uh, the, the it, I think it, it, some of it's by email invite at this point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen some uh, messaging around it. Um, there, there, these deals where you can, uh, you know, you get exposure on another page, and uh, that does get a fair amount of traffic. And, but I think you have to have, you know, 10, maybe a minimum 15% off. So, um, which should increase, you know, you know, people converting on it and it, and it does drive a little bit more of attention. I have personally not had as much success with these deals, but I haven't leaned into them enough. I've launched probably 30 or 40 and I've only seen a few uptick in sales and some of them just not as much. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I know people that like that, this is a big part of their launch strategy. And, um, so while I can't give like too much advice on success, I, I just, I, I think uh, you, you should always consider, you know, if you want sales, this is, a, this is a good way to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying, I, some of the stuff for the past year or whatever, I was getting like, it was sort of like beta and they're just email inviting people, you know, trying different things out. And um, right now okay. the one I'm doing, it doesn't cost anything. So there's no like no cost associated yeah. with it, you know, unlike a lightning deal, which those costs vary. So figure, yeah. you, could, you know, test it out. I had some inventory I wanted to push through and, you know, why not? So I would encourage the audience there, check your emails, you know, from Amazon specifically. Sometimes you get those tester emails for different things that they're doing. And um, obviously it's fun to kind of just see well, how it works and well, it goes well, though, I, I, to everybody. You know, I can put this together. Uh, so we just got invited to try their live stream that gets associated with a, uh, a, uh, best deal. So we, we throw a deal on and then they would give us, uh, on the front page of their best deals, we are going to have a chance to live stream about our products. So are you going to go um, through with it? And, 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 I, I really, I really want to, we, we identified three products that we want to do. And so I'd say, pay attention to that, that you, you may have a uh, a chance to, um, you know, to do something different and, uh, in marketing your product, you know, do throw a deal, but also throw some, like some video content that he couldn't give me numbers of like how much the traction is getting, but he did say that it's, it's the second most visited page on amazon.com yeah is, i've, I've is, heard that uh, as well second or third the deals page yeah in fact right before we jumped on here there was a, a live presentation going on on that deals page um and it's it's very qvc like and, and very high yeah. like high quality when you just look at it you're like wow yeah. this is pretty cool yeah yeah they they he, he stressed to me he's like we want professional quality and so that's you know our our end is like how much work is this going to take us but like the exposure could be pretty significant um they have it associated with an app where you can live stream. I don't know the name of the app. I'm going to get information for it. I could, I could pass it along to you when I get it, um, where you can live stream about your product. And uh, I, I think it, 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 they like to do this live stream associated with a deal. So, uh, so if you're going to launch a deal, you know, you may consider like, uh, you know, getting more vocal about it. Another way of like bringing attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. Eyeballs, video, traffic. Uh, it's all, it's all good. If you got a great offer and great product, people want to see it. And, uh, yeah, if you got a deal associated with it, people are going to walk away, you know, feeling like they won that day. So, um, yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to transition to here, Scott, um, we were talking about, uh, you actually mentioned at the top of our, our conversation here in regards to like reimbursements. Um, yeah, kind of focusing around that. So um, let's shift to that a little bit. So naturally, uh, if you've been selling on Amazon for any particular period of time, in your case, you have so much volume that, you know, you're going to have reimbursements or things that you're going to need to manage when it comes to your inventory because inventory gets lost or misplaced or there's a million different things that can go wrong with it. Um, yeah. can, can you kind of talk about like why it's so important to dive into these particular reports and what should we be yep. looking at as sellers? And, you know, you can kind of yep. do a lot of this stuff manually, but there's going to be a point where you're like, you know, I, I need to do this, but I need to find software that does this or outsource this or, or what have you. So could you kind of yep. speak the, um, the reimbursements for sellers and what they should be looking for? Yeah. Okay. I've spent, you know, this is for some people it could be the make or break of profitability. Uh, so um, understand that like, you know, products in the FBA program are yours. Like that's your inventory. And so Amazon is liable if they damage or lose it. 
And, you know, if you were to, the, the most the quick and dirty way is if you look at the adjustments report that's on uh, Seller Central, you look at the Ds and the Ms, that's damaged and missing inventory. If that inventory has not been reimbursed already, um, you're owed a reimbursement. All you have to do is create a case and you mention that and you uh, highlight the SKU and you say that uh, this this adjustment was da uh, damaged and like we don't see a reimbursement for it and you'll you'll get cash right there. You'll get a cash reimbursement. And so so to people that are uh, that, uh, have done nothing here yet, like don't be don't be stupid. To be candid, like this is this is like money on the table, and and do it. So we. Um, I never had never heard of this. Uh, we started using uh, a service, and it was awesome. We were getting uh, money. They were submitting cases on our behalf and highlighting the Amazon, the different places that they've damaged inventory. And um, um, there's there's only an 18 month window, so there is like an incentive to like, hey, you should hurry on this because like your, your inventory of, of like what is it, uh, January of uh, 2018 is no longer going to be refundable and um but uh this company they were probably submitting uh for our catalog size just too few cases i was noticing that like it's like wait we got a lot more inventory than just this and so i started building uh automation around it and um and it was being a little bit way more exhaustive and by using automation i was able to identify you know, which uh, products have already been reimbursed, you know, it's accounting for all the different uh, things that can happen and then requesting on that. And there's a lot of information about this online. I, I'm not the first to like talk about this. And I hope that a lot of your audience is like seeing like some macros from Excel sheets that, that people have shared um, and, and that they do this work. But there are some people that like, it's just not their core competency or that maybe they feel like there's like, um, money still left on the table and you just want to hand this off to someone else. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to figure out like, what are you best as, you know, in your business? Are you better at creating new products or are you better at like exacting your full margins that, that you can get? And so for many people then it makes sense to like, just use a service where, uh, you know, they end up creating the cases for you on your behalf after they analyze the data. And, and I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we've been doing for a while and uh, been fairly successful at it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I am not, you know, if I were to advocate for anything is, is not necessarily like, Hey, uh, you know, use our business, but use a service. I'd be like, Hey, figure out what your strategy is with products, uh, with like reimbursements that you're owed and do something. Um, you know, whether that you want to bring it all in house or you uh, want to, you know, test a few of these uh, uh, vendors out there, uh, these uh, services against each other and find out which one does the best. Um, and, and, you know, and just get, get that money on the table. Like for, for us, when we did this, it represented about 2% uh, of our gross sales. Wow. And, um, uh, so when I look at our profitability, you know, month by month, every single time I'm like, okay, uh, what happened in August and September of 2017? Because that were, those were great months. That's when we really turned these systems on. And, you know, we actually got about $250,000. 
Wow. That's, I mean, it's your money, but had you done nothing, yeah. not, you know, then you would have yeah. out that money. And I think the idea for sellers, maybe if you're just getting started, understand that there's a, if you've been selling products for, for months, years, whatever, you haven't really been very active with this. Amazon probably owes you some of your money back and you need to claim it. And I think you'll get to a point where it's probably a good idea to like dive into some of these reports yourself initially, if you haven't yet, just so you understand the full scope of like what's happening with the inventory and things like that helps you, I think mm -hmm. become a little bit better of a seller, but there's going to be a point. Yes. Where you mentioned, Hey, should we, um, hire just a virtual assistant that does this, you know, maybe quarterly for us or once a month, or should we just outsource that to a service like a software, things like that. And Scott, what you're saying is that you guys obviously have an in-house in program for all this. Is that something available for the public as well? Yeah, so, like it's, it's own deal? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, what we, what we offer, it's, it's at valenceservices.com. And uh, if you put in uh, valenceservices.com slash smartest seller, uh, I know we can get you a lower uh, commission rate. And uh, so... But it's something that is, is open and we have, you know, we're, we're getting clients daily. It's, it's, it's been its own side business. Honestly, my focus is my, my own business, uh, Buy Boxer, but uh, it's kind of taken a life on its own. Gotcha. Yeah, and obviously, I, I think there's a lot of sellers out there that still aren't even aware that you can submit these claims. And, you know, it's just something that there's so many things to focus in on. And it's, I, I think people eventually realize it and then they start filing the claims and, you know, they're super happy. They may post screenshots. Hey, I got, you know, $10,000 back or whatever. And it's like a great day. Cause I mean, it is your money, but yeah, I, I would just suggest putting a system in place for it. And I'll definitely link up uh -huh. your, your service there for the audience in the show notes so they can check that out. I just, I would highly recommend that they look into it. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, so Scott, uh, you, you also started up uh, your own podcast fairly recently as well. So you, I, I'm kind of curious about that. You obviously, majority of your business comes from the wholesale side of things. And uh, I think, you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, the, the, the brands and the businesses or the products that you manage, there's some private label in there and things like that. But um, what's your perspective that you're coming from on your podcast that uh, you want to tell everybody about? Like, why is it awesome? Why should we listen to it? <laughs> um, you know, I've listened to a few of your episodes and they're like really good. I, I think, you know, uh, focusing on something like a niche, like you have is really good. I have, uh, been kind of a generalist, but the generalist that like I've built software around these systems. Uh, so for example, for coupons, like I built software to like launch coupons on 5,000 products. That's uh, so I've always had to like dive in really deep and uh, and I do uh, talk about, you know, like my latest two episodes, I'm actually talking about programming on Amazon. Like if you're going to consider developing, you know, software and solutions, uh, I do that. And um, so I, the, the podcast is called the smartest Amazon seller. And uh because I've, I've had to develop end-to-end -end uh, solutions anywhere from like shipping into Amazon, you know, we use the API for that to uh, inventory management and like profitability, accounting, there's a little bit of everything. So it, it is kind of a generalist podcast. And, um, but I think that I have a unique perspective in that I have spent, you know, seven years programming on Amazon. And, you know, 
showing up at, at many retail shows and everything. So I, I, I feel like there's a lot of experience there. Um, but I, I have, have actually brought in experts at times to, uh, to explain things that I still am learning about. Um, that, that, that's kind of the gist of, of, of what I have worked on. So that's the, it's called the smartest Amazon seller. Yes. Okay. So I would encourage you guys to check that out. Obviously for the audience out there, you guys know, I'll link all this up in the show notes, but I highly recommend that you guys check out Scott's podcast as well. Kind of coming from a different angle of things. Uh, majority of my content obviously is, is focused in around private labeling, but you know, not a hundred percent, you know, we talk about other things from time to time, but guys, if you want like a different perspective on things from somebody that's way into the data and the software and, and overseeing a lot of products. And it's got a really great beat on where Amazon e-commerce is at. Uh, definitely uh, check Scott's show out there. So um, Scott, where can people find you online? So we mentioned your podcast, uh, your site buy boxer. Is that it? Sure. It um, yeah, uh, like on our buyboxer.com, uh, we actually have a position report. People can just like put in a brand. Uh, you put a brand name and like we return you like just some sort of analysis of, of uh, it's actually kind of like using some Keepa data. So if you have a brand and you want to see like uh, what, you know, what Keepa can analyze of your brand, there's that. Uh, but I, actually, I should, you won't find me there. Um, I, uh, a lot of people interact with me on Instagram. Uh, the Instagram is uh, smartest seller and I have a hundred percent track record of responding to people. <laughs> <It's>, it, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it, what's, what's so funny to me is like just this year I started doing Instagram of like, and like how like business is getting done <laughs> on Instagram. Like I'm interacting with people and like we're learning from each other. I've, uh, I've had some interesting interactions. I even got one guy, I got him looped into a beta program of the, the I don't know if you've heard of NARF, the North America remote fulfillment program. Uh, that's uh, no, how you not. can, that's how you have your U uh, S inventory can get uh, cross listed into Canada and Mexico. Oh, those, okay. Uh, gotcha. And, but like it, but it's fulfilled from the U S it's, it's pretty sweet. It's coming. It's, it's, I think they're, they're launching it live for everyone fairly soon. Um, but it's, you know, the fact that like I, on Instagram, you know, had that kind of conversation was, was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like cool. Nick, Nick, you are more than you are more than generous to your hosts just to let you know to, to get to bring attention around. So I appreciate you know the chance to be on your show a lot. This is great. Oh yeah, great to have you. Love talking with uh, people in the business and just learning different perspectives on everything. You know, there's so many opportunities and avenues that one could take underneath the e-commerce or the Amazon umbrella in itself. There's so many different ways to uh, create a business or you know, sell products. I mean, there's, there's so many doors opening up and, you know, it's, it's really kind of overwhelming to kind of take it all in sometimes. That's why I, I kind of focus in on <clears throat> my private labeling and things like that. But I always like to hear other people's perspectives on what they're up to. And it's, it's fascinating to me. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, any, any last words for, for the audience out there or are we uh, pretty much wrapped up here, Scott? I know that you got to kind of get moving here. You got uh, another appointment coming up, but uh, any, any yeah. last words or? Well, Amazon is war. You know, if you're hungry enough, you'll, you'll, you'll find some success for sure. Yes, it is. Everybody use that data and uh, go to, go to battle with it, I guess. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So Scott, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. I know the audience absolutely loves it. And uh, at the same time, everybody, again, check those show notes out for any links, things that we mentioned. So that way you guys can get linked up to Scott, to BuyBoxer, to the reimbursement service he was talking about. And obviously, if you got any questions for him. So thank you so much, Scott. I greatly appreciate everything. You have yourself thank a you. fantastic you. rest of the day. Uh, you too. All right, take care. Wow, that was great. Thank you so much, Scott. I greatly appreciate your time. And I, I really just love listening to other sellers and hearing their opinions and perspectives on Amazon. You know, you could study Amazon day and night, but yet there's other people out there that have completely different mindsets, different opinions, different experiences, and different types of business models that we can all listen to and learn from to become better sellers and better business owners. So thank you again, Scott, for sharing your insights with us. We greatly appreciate it. And as promised, everybody just wanted to highlight and recap a couple of quick takeaways from today's episode for you guys so you can kind of take the takeaways and uh, implement any ideas into your businesses to help improve things. So also, uh, as mentioned before, if you guys want the show notes and the links, simply go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 136 for all links and kind of a breakdown and outline of what we're talking about here today. So the first uh, thing that really stuck out with me that I want to highlight was the topic of product research. And there are kind of a few things underneath this conversation, but Scott was Scott very plainly says, you know, if you're looking for product opportunities, simply go where the demand is. And that would mean like, what are people actively searching for on Amazon? And you can use tools and data to help find that. So if you are going to launch a product, better make sure it's in demand or that the demand is growing, or it might be like a, a, a trend that is going to be coming that you recognize. So that's where you should focus your attention. Okay. Again, you may have a cool idea for a product, but again, if nobody's actively searching for that on Amazon yet, or the demand is just too low, it's probably something you want to avoid. Okay. So go where the demand is. Don't overcomplicate things. Again, Amazon is very search-based and there's a lot of tools that can give us that keyword information that we um, so crave for the, um, for the process of finding new products. And another thing that I definitely agree with Scott on, and I've been talking a lot about lately is, is don't become overly reliant on tools, especially when it comes to the product research phase. I believe I did post something in our Facebook group about this about a week ago. Uh, if you're not yet a member of the Facebook group, go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. And I was kind of talking about uh, all the data that we have available as sellers when it comes to things like product research. And I, I think it's great, but at times I think we have an overabundance of data and it actually might do more harm than good in certain situations. But I think it's more important to be able to put your entrepreneur cap on or your thinking cap on as you're evaluating markets and evaluate things with your own eyes and your own common sense. Okay, I think that's really important. The, the tools and the data can help, but there's so much that the tools and the data can't necessarily distinguish and tell you. And that's what you're going to have to do is stop relying so much on them and use a little bit of your common sense when you're kind of looking over some potential product markets to enter into. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, other things along with that, Scott did mention the grocery category as being a category of interest for a lot of growth and repeat orders and things like that. So if that interests you, maybe you want to take a look into that. Um, also, 
Another key takeaway here. We've been saying it uh, again and again, guys. Coupons. Coupons are amazing, and yet there still are a lot of sellers not utilizing them. So that's an advantage to you. If you want to boost conversions and sales, then use coupons. Set those up. Uh, the data is in. I've been kind of saying this over and over again. Past guests have been saying this. Coupons typically get results. So if you have slow-moving items, run coupons, okay? So Scott kind of gave an example. Hey, we got some some stale inventory, put some coupons on there, boom, sales really picked up. So um, again, get on that if you haven't already. And finally, the last takeaway that I wanted to highlight that we talked about, I think is really, really important, has to do with the reimbursements. So I'll say it again. Guys, if you've been selling on Amazon for any particular amount of time, could be a few months to you know many years, if you're not staying on top of your reports for missing inventory, damage inventory, stuff like that, if you're not filing your claims and trying to claim your money, man, you're really missing the boat. Amazon might owe you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars potentially, okay? Um, so you gotta stay on top of those types of things. And if you are not actively doing it, then I would suggest hiring a virtual assistant or as we talked about, having a service kind of manage it for you and, and kind of take over things. So one of the services that you could check out that we talked about was Scott's service. It's called Valance. You can find that at valanceservices.com. Again, I'll link that in the show notes. So check that out. If you've been kind of slacking on this, you haven't really been on top of it, now is the time to see if Amazon owes you any money. Again, it's your money. You just got to claim it. Again, it's for inventory issues and things like that. So um, if you haven't done anything like this before and you've been selling on Amazon for years, man, you could have a big, uh, a big, big paycheck from Amazon coming and that might put a huge smile on your face. So that's another thing to look into um, today after you get off this podcast. So, and uh, as mentioned, guys, check out Scott's podcast. It's called The Smartest Amazon Seller. I'll link that in the show notes. Show him some love. Take a, a listen to a few of the episodes there. And uh, finally, guys, just wrapping up with, again, the Jungle Scout contest that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Do that right after this episode. So if you haven't done it yet, immediately after this episode, go find the YouTube upload of this particular um, podcast. And again, just simply subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, and then on the video, just simply like the video and comment the words, I want Jungle Scout or some variation of that. And that will enter you in the contest to win a license of the Jungle Scout Chrome extension. So I want you guys to all enter in and have a good opportunity to win that. I'm really looking forward to giving that next license away in the next few weeks. So that about does it, everybody. Lots of information, jam-packed. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I know I did, and I will talk to you guys in the next one. Later. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.